welcome back to the High Tides Dota 2 podcast. I am your host slash captain of this boat for today, Eider, also known as the five game win streak Eider because I uh I never get those very often, but here it is. Very lucky start to the new year. Joined with me today is our flex player, but usually ends up playing the carry Adrian. How are you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Like I said, five game win streak. <laughs> I, I don't remember the last time, the last time I had that. So uh, there it is. Um, all right. Our topic today will be centered on the safe lane, even though you are the flex uh, player for us. And I will explain that later on for our listeners and viewers. Uh, but before that, something I really wanted to talk about is with the patch of 7.28 came the ag shards, as well as some ag rework. Unfortunately, because Hoodwink is a new hero, uh, Icefrog decided to make sure the game is balanced first before giving her an ags or ag shard. As the fresh topic to discuss before the role-specific questions, uh, I'm wondering if you have any ideas on what you think could be a good ads or even just an ag shard for Hoodwing. I mean, as a new hero, I think she was super popular when she first came out. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people tended to play her in the four position role, but they would still build a lot of carry items on her. What they could do if they wanted to include an ag shard is have it in a way that it allows her to be played in multiple roles. I'm not sure what other role she could be played in because I mean she's she fits almost any role at the moment. She's very flexible as a pick. So I think if you were to give her an egg shard, I would probably have to have it revolve around maybe her alt and have it maybe act as an additional stun because it already provides a break. Like all her skills are super good. Uh, I mean, I'm not in Dota 2 right now, but do you know Hoodwink's win rate? I feel like it's below 50, isn't it? Is Probably it, below 45. Check. How do I uh, check general win rates? Oh, do you have... I don't know if that's a Dota 2... Uh, not Dota 2, a Dota Plus thing. Uh, I mean, while we're checking this, when I looked at Hoodwink at the beginning, I thought she would be like Lina in the sense that you have like two semi-nukes, one is a stun, and then your ulti is like this big burst kind of um, spell. So I figured she could either be a mid lane or like position four or five, like normal Lina's. The same way that Lina has an attack speed um, passive, I don't really see Lina as a carry, even though she can be built as a carry because of the attack speed passive. You know what I mean? The same thing I feel is with Hoodwink. I don't think she really fits the carry role very well. But uh, according to Dota Buff, she does have 48.61% win rate across all the brackets. There goes my three. Below 50, but 48 is a pretty big win rate. Still decent. Alright. It'll just be like a stun. I mean, a stun is pretty strong already, especially if it scales with the duration of your break. What about the Ag Shard? Have you thought about something smaller for it? Probably something similar to like Wind Ranger. Maybe have her get bonus evasion for Scurry. Okay, very far. So survivability. Um, as a Hoodwink player, or I guess someone who's played like at least five games of Hoodwink, one thing that I would like as a quality of life would be to make the Acorn Shot always just plant a tree instead of hit a target. 
because you're primarily just setting up for the bushwhack anyway. But if you don't want that as a quality of life, I think as an ag shard, you can do that, where you increase the number of bounces by one, but you always plant a tree for that. You all, so it's like you get the same damage if you were um, targeting a player, but you get the, the tree always. Or at least like an option to like turn it to autocast, and then depending on the on what you have it toggled on it will create the tree or not because it's super annoying in like a team fight when you end up just clicking and oh yeah that's happened to me a bunch of times where yeah, you like you click on the hero bad. instead of planting the tree it feels so bad yeah it feels so bad so i don't really know the general consensus on her yet to me she feels okay um i don't think she is as broken as a lot of people think she is but there goes that. With the patch, like I said, uh, the Ag Shard came out. Are there any Ag Shards that you see that you feel are too weak? Right now? Oh, there's a bunch. Um, let me, okay, so I think um, Tiny is one of my favorite heroes. I have like 300 and something games on him. And his Ag Shard, this patch, they added Cranky Exterior back, which is one of his old abilities, I think, from like 6.8 or 6.9 yeah it was him. a dota one ability what craig exterior does right now is that it gives him a 20 percent chance to proc a stun that lasts for one second um within a radius of 400. so it's super good against like to counter melee carries that are going on you but it doesn't really do that much against ranged carries i think it's it's a strong ability but i would have much rather preferred some like making the egg shard revolve around his tree grab, giving him back unlimited trees to sort to like, I don't know if that's too strong, but like my favorite patch for him was I see, yeah. like 7.0 when he could just farm everything with his tree grab. So craggy exterior used to be only for melee heroes. Uh, it didn't have the 400 range back in Dota 1. Uh, but yeah, I think the biggest problem with craggy exterior is that doesn't work on BKB. So like when a troll is whacking on you, right, with BKB, it has this super high attack speed. You don't get to proc any of these stunts. But I think if it did proc stunts, it might be a bit too strong. I sorry, if it worked over BKB, it might be too strong. Yeah, like it, it's not a bad ability. It's just it doesn't really fix him as a hero. I don't think it'll be hit all that much compared yeah. to us. Do you think if it if the Ag Shard gave it like mm, five armor, like eight armor, it would be pretty good. He has so much armor from Grow already, though, right? He yeah. has uh, twenty-two armor, level three. I mean, well, but he only gets it from Grow, deal. right? Yeah, but you tend to build armor and Agi items on him, right? So, I mean, so would you ever consider this shard as a support? Like as a carry, you know, eventually you will have enough money to buy it. But as support, do you think you'll ever buy the Ag Shard for it? I don't I don't think you would ever buy it on him. If you're playing him as a support, right? I think you would just buy an ability items so you can maximize your cost potential. Okay. Alright. Interesting stuff there. I didn't know you played Tiny the most. I don't think I have anyone over like 80 games. <laughs> oh, I have a bunch that are over 300. I have like 300 techie games, 300 uh, Zeus games. This was when I uh, used to play mid. <laughs> <laughs> all right um uh, speaking of the roles that we are currently playing um in our group 
usually there are two or three players who have a predefined role so like you know matt is usually our um support danny is usually our offlane and justin is usually our carry so what i mean by that is that he is the one he's the win condition usually in our in our group whether he's playing mid or he's playing um safe lane we try to put all our eggs in his basket so in these situations whenever we're playing with these uh players you end up becoming the flex pick basically you know if no one wants to play carry you're gonna play carry if we have a spot for off lane you play off lane if we have a spot for supports you end up playing supports specifically is there a, a role that you really really like like you know your your number one choice of what you would like to play or is it just dependent on which hero you want to play for that day honestly i feel like i tend to pick carry just because no one else wants to play carry <laughs> i don't i don't really like it but <laughs> down to like what hero i do want to play um so you see me picking like a lot of position three bounty hunter or just like position four rubik or something just because they're fun right yeah of course uh yeah like if i'm playing carry it's not as fun but like i tend to pick so the heroes i tend to pick for carry if i have to play carry is heroes that can transition to jungle because i'm i tend to have this expectation that i'm gonna absolutely shit on my lane and or just lose my lane completely yeah so the heroes i tend to pick are naga terrorblade um wraith king starting to pick a lot of uh drow and monkey king now recently monkey king feels really good yeah monkey's uh meta right now yeah um, but like I think one thing in common is just they, they they can all go to jungle if things don't go well. Yeah. Now you said it's because you tend to lose your lane. Is it because you think your lane mechanics are not on par with like whatever your bracket is, or is it because you want to be more aggressive sometimes, or sometimes you just want to be more defensive and your support just doesn't convey the same idea with you? I think a lot of the time it's. I don't have a way to secure the range creep, so that's why Monkey King feels really good right now because I can secure the range creep by myself without having to support doing it. Um, mm-hmm. But like on heroes like Terrorblade or or Drow, uh, where like it's hard to get the range creep, it, it just feels really bad when you have like three of them denied in the first three waves. So. Yeah, I see. Speaking of the heroes that you are playing right now, such as Wraith King and uh, Monkey King. Or even the ones that were classic before 7.28, which were Naga and such. Um, what kind of supports do you like playing with? I kind of like supports that can man up. So I really like playing with an Ogre, with the Dazzle. Um, some, like, Tegan plays a lot of Treanch. I'm not 100% sold. Like, I'm not, I don't really like laning with it, but like... I feel like it is a strong support hero. Mm-hmm. Basically, any hero that can draw their position four away from the lane is it, it. That always feels good. So I, like heroes that I pick right now, Monkey King tend to one v one off laners pretty easily if it's a melee off laner. So right. Um. So what about the more defensive supports? I guess are they okay, or you really don't prefer playing in, with them? Kind of like um, be... like Warlock. I would say I wouldn't like it as much. Would Lich count as a defensive support? I feel like Lich feels really good too. Uh, 
I don't know if Lich fits in the role. More of like a backliner, but Lich can be fairly aggressive in lane at least. Yeah, Lich Lich is like one of my favorite heroes to play, especially like Lich is probably my go-to if you're new to Dota 2, you want to play support. This is the hero I would give you. You know, very simple, hard to mess up with, uh, but has a pretty good presence, I think, in the game. So I like Lich. Um, do, do, do. Let's move on then to our next uh, segment, which is the opposite side, which is against the offlaners. With regards to the laning phase or even um, on the match as a whole, are there any offlaners that you think are too strong right now? I think Beastmasters and Batrider and Timberstar are all in a pretty good spot right now. Mainly because Timberstar kind of counters like Lycan and Beastmaster, like the, the OP the, metas. Yeah, the OP meta right now. And uh, I don't know, Batrider just seems like it's tearing up the pro scene, although I don't think we've ever actually seen it in our pub games. Mm. I blame Danny for that one for not playing Batrider. I think Batrider became super popular when Ancients took more damage from Magic. Yeah. So Batrider um, could yeah. Batrider could been like farm. a thing for three weeks and I haven't I don't think I've seen the Batrider game in, the, in, the, in those three weeks in our bracket. Well they did they did end up nerfing Batrider afterwards. Uh the sticky does half damage to Ancients. So, like, with the creeps, you can still farm it very fast. But it used to be that Batrider could just farm the Ancients at level 3, which was incredibly broken. Like, it didn't matter how far behind you were by 5 minutes. If your support stacked the Ancients 2 or 3 times, you were back in the game with the travels by 8 minutes. It was crazy strong. Uh, but Yeah. I, was, uh, did you, I don't know if you watched um, Nygma versus Alliance today. I think DPC I got games. a glimpse of it. Was it the yeah. was it mid Batrider? I didn't see the laning phase. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think it was. But they they still stacked engines for him, and it still felt really strong. In the first game, Alliance completely neutered the troll. Like the Batrider was so strong. Like whenever the Batrider showed up, like <laughs> the fight was lost <laughs> for Nigma. I mean, that's that. That is one thing. Uh, going a little bit off topic here, that I want to do. I want to play uh, Boots of Travel mid laners. It feels so good, you know, 40 second cooldown on your TP, you feel like you can always join in a fight and you save gold. Oh, with, yeah, uh, definitely. Feels so nice. I think, like, but... Booster Travel's Leshrac is, like, feels so good. You think so? I feel like you run out of mana so fast. Yeah, so you have the travels, so you can TP to base. <laughs> <laughs> but then you gotta walk, right? I, I feel it, like if you rush really Yules, good. I feel like if you just rush Yules, you know, you can just farm the jungle. But not even that. I feel like you go two nulls, boots, bottle, and then you you just get the travels and you just run around your jungle. <laughs> Maybe. I mean I haven't winning I haven't been winning my left track game, so what do I know? Uh alright, let's uh get back on track here. With the offlaners, you said um you know, people for example like uh Timbersaw. I'm not sure how strong I feel Timbersaw is right now. Um, but definitely, we have been seeing him more in our pub games at the very least. I feel like he's just a very solid pick to counter, or like preemptively counter any zoo shenanigans. I I feel like against a good Lycan, Timbersaw doesn't really do that much. I think, like, even in lane, I don't think Timbersaw's that good against Lycan. Because Lycan can use jungle, right? 
but yeah, but then he loses his towers from like by the Cimber, doesn't he? He jumbles. Mm, maybe. I think it's more dependent on the support, to be honest. Because at the uh later on in the game, lightning just goes for your supports and everyone else and ignores the timber song for the most part. I think Timbersaw needs levels before he can deal with Lycan. Uh, the good thing with Timbersaw though is that he's a natural Shiva's Guard um, user, so you end up getting that, and that heavily counters Lycan. So in that sense, I do agree. Um, but at the same time, I think it's okay. You know, if if I was the Lycan and I saw a Timbersaw, I would be okay. If I saw a Tide Hunter, I would feel a lot. Hmm. Okay, so with the offlane, are there a specific duo that you hate laning against? I would say the worst would be something involving Sand King. So like Sand King and Lina, Sand King and Mushrak. Or it's either that or something like Tusk and Slardar, Tusk and like Centaur, Tusk and Axe. So super aggressive lanes, basically. I guess, yeah. Just because, like, Sand King and Lesh are really good against illusion heroes, which I tend to pick. <laughs> oh, okay, I see. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, anything anything with Tusk is, like, good against Drow and decent against Monkey King, I guess. So, like, that always feels bad. What are your thoughts on the uh, the classic, of course, the classic Veno and Viper offlane? <laughs> I, I really wish that was a thing. I don't. I honestly don't think we've ever won a game with that without a combo. But you think it's because usually you're laning with Tegan, right? Yeah, Tegan. Or ha- have you ever done it without with. Tegan? No, it's always been with Tegan. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's the problem. And I think we tried. We tried. We like we swapped heroes too. Like I've tried being the Venno. I've tried being the Viper. And, like it never works. <laughs> I mean, in theory, it puts a lot of pressure, right? Like, this damage over time thing just kills you. But I guess the weakness of the lane as well is that they're very slow, right? If, I guess it doesn't happen too much, but if you make a mistake, or if the other support ends up TPing, or the mid laner gets a haste rune, you just, you can't really escape, right? You just end up dying. Yeah, and positioning's not really one of Tegan's strengths, so... Yeah. I mean, have you ever tried <laughs> asking Matt to do it with you? I don't know. Yo, I know this perfect combo. He'll be like, yo, Matt, I know this perfect combo. Wins lane every time. Hasn't failed me yet. I'm gonna go Viper, you go Venom, alright? Here's, here's the thing, though. Like, what, what role would each be, though? Because Venom likes, really likes being in a core position. I guess you could play Viper from, like, a position 4 position, but, like, it doesn't feel as good, right? The only time I would put Viper as a position 4 is if there was someone to break very hard. So either a Bristleback, a Spectre, maybe even a Monkey King. Like, breaking Monkey is really good too. Uh, so that would be the only time I would do position 4 uh, Viper. Uh, whereas position 4 Veno, I think... You got it kind of has to be based on luck, I guess. If the enemy um, mid laner and the enemy safe lane do not have escape abilities like a blink or something like that, uh, Veno feels really strong because when you gank, uh, especially if you land the Q, it almost leads to a kill. The in betweens, 
of when that happens are far and few, but uh, when it does work, it works quite nice. And I guess you could also go back to jungling, but I feel like maxing Q on Veno is really strong, and you can't really max Q if you're going to go jungle with it, right? So it's a trade that you have to do if you end up losing the lane and you have to recover by jungling. Uh, were there any other things that you wanted to talk specifically about the safe lane slash off lane uh, matchup? Or are we good to go move on to the uh, Q&A? Um, I can talk more about like different shards if you want. Oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Um, are these shards that are weak or shards that are strong? Shards that I think can be improved upon. All right. G give me one. Give me one. I'll give you one after. Um, Night Stalker. So what they did to Night Stalker was they basically gave him Clinks's like ultimate right? Yeah, the, the it, feels, it feels so situational, or like not even situational. I don't think I would ever buy it. <laughs> What's the cooldown on it? 20 seconds. Mm, apparently it works on Ancients, even though it says lesser, lesser creeps. So, you know, you can pop, pop an Ancient every 20 seconds if you want. I don't know. Do you want to explain to the viewers what it does? or? Uh, yeah, so what happens when you get the Eye Shard is you can activate Hunter in the Night. Uh, during nighttime, and when you use it, you get to eat a creep, um, but you can't eat uh, player-controlled creeps. So, you know, if someone has a necro buff or if someone used Dominator, you can't eat those. And then uh, you get back 25% uh, of your mana, 25% of your max HP when you use it on a 20-second cooldown. So I heard that it works on Ancient Creeps, which is nice because, you know, it's a pretty big chunk of gold that you can get. Uh, but the biggest weakness, and I do agree with you that it feels fairly weak, is that you can only activate it at night. So even as the farming, the ancient kind of situation, it only works half the time. Um, and also, I think the biggest weakness is that you just can't target any enemy-controlled creeps. Like, if you could, you know, eat a boar or, like, eat a chen creep in the middle of a fight, I think it would be fairly decent. I'm not Do you think really it'd be sure viable why. if they added that change? I think I would buy it if they added that change. You know, if, if I saw that they had a Necrobook user, if I saw that they had a Chen, I would definitely buy it if it had that change. What do you think? I still think it's super weak. It doesn't even give damage. <laughs> well, I think if it, if it was actually Death Pack, that would be kind of broken. Very good. I mean, like, you, you, either, you either compare it to Death Pack or you compare it to, like, Devour or something, right? So. Uh, I mean, what I compare it usually is not to a skill, but I compare it to an item, right? For 1,400 gold on Night Stalker, I guess Night Stalker's not really a support most of the time, where you think about buying either a Force Staff or a Glimmer Cape. But 1,400 gold is fairly expensive for him. He doesn't farm fast, is the biggest thing. It's like, it's like an urn and like a bracer, I guess. Yeah, so this could be like an upgrade to your urn or, you know, your power threads or even halfway to ags in, in most cases, right? So, yeah, I guess for 1,400 gold, it doesn't feel good. But at the same time, if they buff the percentages to like, 30, 45, you know, like higher ones, it would be really strong. Because then that would just be equal to like a thousand HP in it. Yeah, that would be a huge heal. So um 
honestly, I don't know why they added that chart on him. It fits him thematically, I guess, as this hunter in the night, like this scary boogeyman. It just instantly kills a thief, you know, very scary, very spooky. But I don't think that's what the hero needed, you know. <laughs> if the hero got plus 10 mana regen, I think he would be more happy with a shard like that than, than this. Ugh. Yeah. Thing, right? It's, it's really hard to balance the shards in such a way that it's like situationally good. Yeah, I think the shards are a lot harder to balance compared to the ags. Because the ags at least cost 4,200 gold. It's a bigger commitment for uh, these heroes. Whereas a shard, not only do you have to balance it for cores who can get the shard very easily, you have to balance it for supports as well. Because even if it might not be a good thing, like eventually these heroes end up changing roles, right? Like, what happens if the shard for uh, who's, a, who's a support? Like Grimstroke, right? Grimstroke is usually scored, but a lot of people start playing him mid now. What happens if that shard is really strong? Then this like this mid Grimstroke has a really strong shard all of a sudden, as an example. But yeah, I I'm indifferent, I guess, with the uh, Night Stopper. I don't think I would ever buy it per se, but if I did end up buying it, hopefully it would work on enemy creep. Um, for an ad shard that I feel is fairly weak is a uh, life stealer. They gave him back his old open wounds. Uh, but the problem is you get that 20 minutes into the game. So I don't even know if that's good. Would you no. say he got stronger or weaker with the pass? I think he got weaker. The biggest weakness is that the attack speed is based on your ghoul frenzy, not on your thieves. So now you have to level two passive abilities is why it feels bad. Whereas before, you leveled Thieves, and then you could match a Rage. So you felt really strong even in, like, you know, the mid-game. But later on, I think, technically speaking, he is stronger in late-game, but... Uh, not a big fan, to be honest, with Ghoul Frenzy. I think it's too weak. You also nerf the attack speed bonus as well, right? You don't get as much as you used to. Uh, maybe. I'm not too sure without looking at the change logs. It gives I think they nerfed, it by, they nerfed it by 10. You used to get up like 60, I think. I think in lane, you think... You would think you're really strong in lane because you have like this free Orb of Corrosion. Or not even Orb of Corrosion, Orb of Venom, I guess. You just have like this slow built-in hero. But you don't lifesteal as much, so you can't trade as well. Um, and you also have to get close, it's the biggest thing. Like, Ghoul Frenzy. Whereas before, you know, I would usually get open wounds to level 2 just for the cast range. And that would help up set up kills. This thing doesn't really help help with setting up kills. So I think in the laning phase he's weaker. I think mid-game he's a lot weaker because you get to farm slower. So you get your items uh, slower. And then late game. Uh, he is stronger because technically you have your open wounds and the ghoul frenzy added to that. But yeah, I think with Lifestealer, I would have preferred if ghoul frenzy was the shard. That uh, would just end up giving you like this slow plus, you know, more attack speed kind of thing. Or if it did, if it did like 
kind of fury swipe kind of style where it reduced armor by one for like maximum five stacks something like that oh, like uh like a viper kind of like the viper thing yeah that that thing by the way is pretty strong i think that that one's like a plus uh viper. really but all this damage is like mainly magical right so adding minus armor does it really do that much i think it does add up a lot because with viper you, you still do a decent amount and also because at level 25 they took away his um nether toxin silences so you always get the other one now. you always get the poison attack attack affects buildings i think and then with that you just reduce the the powers armor by like 10. so feels really strong at late game you're pushing you wouldn't take minus 11 second nether toxin cooldown unless there was like a specter or a bristleback i wouldn't take it right it's i like, feel like you need a viper if you think you need a break right well, I mean, sometimes you pick Viper because it's a fairly safe hero. I'm thinking in terms of mid lane. I mean, I would never pick off lane Viper unless I was against a Spectre that I could just destroy. But like th three second cooldown, other toxin that lasts eight seconds. <laughs> it is, it is pretty strong, but I think with Viper. Uh, I mean, even without the talent, it's pretty good. You get um, three minus armor on the enemy. Also increases the number of stacks to seven, right? It's not just yeah, it also adds the magic damage. So I think it's underrated, but then again, I think Viper as a whole is underrated anyway. I think it's pretty strong right now. I I just don't see Viper. I guess it's kind of I don't even think he's boring. If you play him like um with his magic build with the the Gleipnir or whatever, I feel like he's pretty good. I feel like he's pretty. I just feel like the problem is a lot of heroes have too, there's, there's too much mobility in Dota right now. So many heroes have like these ridiculous escape mechanisms that can like transport them halfway across the map. Yeah, I remember in Dota, Dota one, the benchmark the benchmark was um, 300 move speed. That was like you know if you had 300, you were average. I feel now that the average is like 310 and then there's so many move speed items that everyone just runs so fast. I remember playing Viper like after like a year and a half of not playing him or something like that, something long. You just felt so slow. Like you, It felt like you were permanently slowed by Crystal Maiden or something. <laughs> what was happening? And then, and then the craziest thing is they just give... OD like 30 move speed to counter this like OD used to be one of those slow heroes and then they just gave him like 30 move speed and now he's the one really fast picking OD what the hell I I don't like the uh the base move speed uh, I don't like this how would you change it like percentage increase no As... just just make everyone have 300 move speed give them a talent at level 10 that gives them 80 I don't care but in the laning phase <laughs> Laning phase, I hate it when Coddle moves at 380 move speed in the oh, laning yeah. phase. Coddle, you Coddle are a... first. Oh god. I freaking hate it. And now Odi can do the same thing. Odi can do the same thing. Pugna does the same thing. Pugna as a support would suck if you didn't have 330 move speed or something crazy like that. Ugh. I just, I don't like the, uh, I think as a level 10 talent or level 15, giving them move speed is fine. But level 1, that, that's a bit too much. 
That's too much. All right. Um, let's bring it back to our podcast ideas. Um, you had a few questions from Danny that he would like you to answer. Um, first up is when is the deal breaker when it comes to leaving the lane as a carry? Is it when you no longer can get range creep? Is it when you no longer can get two out of four of the creeps? Is it when you have a specific level that you have already? And also, uh, the last thing to think about is, is it better to accelerate the carry or is it better to uh, bring down the offlane? If you understand what I'm saying. I want to clarify that last bit. So... Um, let's say, you know, you're supported really well, you're level 6 with Naga, you're off lane, the enemy offlaner is someone who's struggling a lot, let's say he's still level 4, so like a clear difference in strength, where as a Naga, you could bully the offlaner by just staying in lane. At the same time, you know that as Naga, you can farm much faster if you just went full jungle, right? What decision would you end up making in that point? Okay, yeah, so let's say I'm Naga and I'm dominating the lane. Let's say there's like a star who basically can't walk up to the creep wave without me hitting him and having like three riptides hitting his face. Um, so in that, in that scenario, if it's like 1v1, because like the position 5 and position 4 have wandered off, I would stay in lane. I would clear the wave and I would kill the hard camp and the small camp within that one minute. <laughs> situation where I feel like if I walk up to the wave and I die or if I stay in lane and I only get like one creep and he's denying like two or three of them then I'm going to leave the lane it's it's really that simple um, what what if it's um an even lane let's say you can get all of the creeps but the enemy can get all of the creeps as well so like no one's denying anything. okay yeah and then if there's no kill potential then I'm just going to stay in lane Okay. All right. But like, in most cases, there there is kill potential, right? <laughs> Just because yeah. So it. usually, so... even if there's no kill potential, right? It's it's up to rotation. Like like against a tide hunter, there's no kill potential. But when someone comes with a tide hunter, you can probably die. Yeah. Like not not talking about Naga because Naga versus tide hunter it feels pretty bad. Um... Naga versus Monkey King though feels very good. I mean, sorry, tide hunter against Monkey King. <laughs> Yeah. Um, let's see. Danny had another question. Uh, what is your stance as a filthy techie speaker? My stance on what? On techies. Like, what do you think of techies? What's my What's my stance as a filthy techies player on techies? Yeah. You think he's good? You think he's okay? I think, think he's. he's a, I think he's a great hero. I think you could pick up every game. Every game. Yeah, he's honestly, like, I mean, like, picking him, like, in the first phase never feels good. But, like, you can convince your team to, like, pick a hero that basically doesn't get counterpicked, like, Wraith King. Like, you can you can safely pick Wraith King, safely pick Monkey King first phase, and, it, like, it won't matter, right? So, like, being able to second pick techies feels so good. All right, so what are the techies counters, then? I feel like, okay, so... Counters would be any hero that has enough regen, where the harass that you're doing with Blastoff does not matter. 
people who can evade the damage. So like Juggernaut Stim, that always feels really bad. Right. And Atekis, he, he does really well against Faceless Void, right? Because Faceless Void can't time walk it off. But when you're against something like a Juggernaut or a Wraith King, probably a CK as well, because CK has built-in life steal. Like it, it won't feel as good. And also, ideally, you would also have someone else in your lane who can capitalize on the fact that you're doing like 300 damage to someone, right? Who can follow it up with like a stun or a nuke. Mm -hmm. um, I tend to like playing techies with Axe. It feels super bad when I pick techies and then Danny picks like Tidehunter or something. <laughs> And can't follow up. I mean, uh, lead with the what do you call it? the gush? You know, gush, get that slow. <laughs> um, yeah. well, so that's position for tech. Would you ever put techies in the safe lane, like as a support there? I want to say no. I think like you, you, you can obviously do it. I want to say it probably won't feel as good just because. Like, what if I'm um. Who's an aggressive carry? Gyro or Jug? I guess. What about those? You're not going to have any like slows or anything then, right? Or stun? Well, or, if you're, I guess if you're jug. Gyro, you have a stun. I guess you have the, yeah, I guess you have Rocket Missile. Um, well, I don't know what that, that skill feels. I feel like it's just, it's just. Or it's just what about, okay, okay. Sven, Sven then, Sven. That's a stun, has move speed. I mean, it's it's fine. Right? I feel like it's it's okay. The th thing is, is with blast off, you're always going to be stealing one or two creeps. So I feel less bad when I'm position four and I'm doing it, hitting the range creep. I see. I feel I feel pretty bad like stealing creeps for my carry. You're also always just going to shove the lane too, right? Because if you blast off and hit the hit the wave, you're going to naturally push. Yeah, I don't. When I play with techies, usually what I what I don't like is when the techie stays behind and plants mines near the tower i like it when techies pushes with us because if they go on us we have mines close to our position right that's what i like with techies i agree with you i don't think techies is a bad hero i think conceptually i don't like the idea of techies but i wouldn't say he's a bad hero there are other worse heroes than techies for sure um, but conceptually I hate uh, the idea of techies. I also hate the idea of a couple other heroes. Like, I don't know if Art Warden exists, for example. <laughs> I, mean... I, I find techies just super relaxing to play. Like you, you just blast off, and then you go put some mines down, and then you go do a pull, blast off again when it's up off cooldown. Like it's just it's so relaxing. <laughs> okay, okay. Last topic for this podcast. Very last thing before we say our goodbyes. Because it's related to our first topic, it's related to our last topic, Ag Shard Techies. What do you think of it? I think it's not bad. It's not like, like it's not one of the bad ones. It's definitely buyable at a certain point. But then the problem is like when do you buy it, right? Because you're you're gonna get your soul ring, you're gonna get your tranquils, probably an ether lens, and then you're probably gonna want to buy like either a hood if you're fighting a lot or an eggs at some point, just because eggs gives you so much. So when do you fit the egg shard in? I feel like you could buy it after eggs. I feel like you would only buy it if you go like the hood build, right? If you're if you're maximizing the potential of your blast off and you're gonna like buy the like pipe or hood for yourself, then I can see it being bought after that. But 
in general, I feel like just getting the eggs is so much stronger. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I would get it after eggs. I would go probably soul ring, mana boots, eggs, and then egg shard, something like that. I'd probably get like a hood before I buy it. I don't know. Is hood good on techies? Just so you don't take damage from the. It's just so you don't. Yeah, just so you're not at like ridiculously low health after you blast off. Can you just buy like a like a blink dagger or something? You can blink after suicide. Right? I've never tried. <laughs> I don't think I've ever bought a blink dagger on techies. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, anyways, maybe that's something that we could experiment on. But thank you so much for joining me on this boat ride today, Adrian. Do you have any closing thoughts? Um, no, it's good fun. I like talking about Dota. Yeah, I like talking talking about Dota too. That's why I uh, that's why I made the podcast. All right, thank you so much for everyone who is listening. Thank you, and have a safe boat trip. <laughs>